Welcome to the Not All Love and Like podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Ashley. And today we have a special guest, Benjamin Pelton. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're all about? Awesome. Thanks for having me again. My name is Benjamin and I grew up in Miami, Florida. I'm a personal trainer, personal development coach. And uh, yeah, I just help people get better, feel better, move better, um, think better. Yeah, Ben is great. Um, I actually met Ben at the UFC gym and you taught an animal flow class and you did breath work. And I remember we used to all say like, Ben is way overqualified for this position. (laughs) (laughs) And before we knew it, he was gone. Um, And then it's interesting because on a retreat in Mexico, like a wild woman retreat, I met this woman and she's like, yeah, I go to this amazing breath work class in Miami and this guy's great you know it's amazing class and I'm like okay tell me about it and when I find out it was your class and I'm like well it's awesome like the universe brought brought me back to your teachings um and so let's get into the breath work can you tell us a little bit about that sure in 2015 I was studying a lot of physical therapy and performance training courses and I was a part of a Facebook group that was about therapy and someone posted an interview with Tim Ferriss and Wim Hof and in that interview I was amazed by this guy Wim Hof and the different extreme feats that he had accomplished like climbing Mount Everest in a bathing suit, um, two hours in an ice bath, you know all these crazy things I'm like how is the human body capable of doing that? And that sparked my interest in the Wim Hof Method. The Wim Hof Method is breathwork, cold exposure, and mindset training. And those three things together is the Wim Hof Method. And those boost happiness, strength, and health for everyone. So in 2016, I became a certified Wim Hof instructor. I was a part of the first group in the United States. There was 26 of us to teach the Wim Hof Method. And then since there, the last six years, it's really become a mainstream name and a big thing. Super cool. Yeah. I felt so many benefits from going to breathwork, especially after I got the Delta variant last year. Uh, it really affected my respiratory system. And I started going to breathwork. Like I, try, I try to go once a week. And I noticed the first time that I came back to class after having COVID, I couldn't hold my breath at as long. Like it was really painful and hard. And then within like two or three weeks of doing just one class, one one hour a week, I noticed a huge, like uh, it had a huge impact on my respiratory system and it really improved. It really helped me a lot in my recovery. So thank you for that. Yeah. So glad that we can have that impact. Um, the <clears throat> breath work will improve your lungs. So if you're dealing with any kind of issues, Practicing using your lungs is a is a really awesome thing. Even chemically changing the receptors for carbon dioxide in our blood and throughout our body affects everything. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about like how it affects our nervous system and the benefits? For sure. Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, breathing affects the nervous system, the brain, right? And over the diaphragm, we have the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve shifts us into our parasympathetic and our uh, sympathetic nervous system. There's a really great book about the vagus nerve, and I can't remember it right now, but it talks about how there's three branches of the vagus nerve. And the three branches are uh, freeze and fight or flight and rest and digest. So what happens is um, they have shown that certain babies during their birthing period can actually just pass away. And so researchers became interested in like how a baby can fully shut itself down and just pass out, pass away, you know, die. And what they've shown is that the brain has this ability to just bring itself down into such a shutdown position that it will make the animal or the human pass out, um, pass away. So um, when you're doing a lot of hyperventilation breathing, that's going to make your body get excited, like a fight or flight stressful experience. But then when you slow down that that breathing process, then you can shift into your parasympathetic digestion. And that's that's really where we need to be always is parasympathetic and relaxed. And that's all regulated through our breath work. 
Yeah, breathwork has been great with my healing, practicing at least, you know, even if it's five minutes, because before, whenever I would get, you know, my body was just reacting and I was just in a place where I was unhealed trauma and that person learning now when I feel like my body wants to get there, like I feel like that tingling sensation, I'm able to be aware of it and be like, okay, if I breathe through this, I will feel better. And it's like retraining myself to calm myself down so I don't get to a point where it's dangerous, not only for me, but for other people. <laughs> right, for sure. <laughs> That's where the Wim Hof method comes in, mm -hmm. is taking the body to these stressed areas and then practicing de-escalation. So it's this idea of when you're stressed, how do you calm down? And by de-escalating over and over and over again, you then gain that ability that you can do it on volition. Like, okay, I'm feeling that tingliness. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Let me tap into my breath real quick. And then you can calm yourself, right? When you actually focus on it, you notice that you can calm yourself. Yeah, it, it's very powerful. You know, you feel like empowered because you have control over that, right? Yeah, Would you say it's kind of like rewiring your brain to have a different response? For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're rewiring your nervous system, your brain to have a conscious ability to tap in and, and calm yourself. Um, chemically, we can get out of balance. So it's not even like your mind wants you to be out of balance. It's just your blood's receptors don't allow you to feel balance. And so that's where building a better relationship to carbon dioxide can be so impactful for people's stress. Because when you're lifting weights or you're exercising intensely, you're building up a lot of carbon dioxide in your blood. If you don't have the capacity to deal with that extra load of carbon dioxide, that feels stressful for your body. Carbon dioxide is acidic. So the more of that in your blood, you're gonna feel the acidity and the irritation and the anxiety associated with that. But if you exercise a lot as an athlete, you grow more receptors for processing the higher levels of carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. So a fit person physically would be able to feel less stress from that increase of carbon dioxide. A regular person that never exercises and then you ask them to do that, that extra carbon dioxide in their blood will make them feel overwhelmed. Wow. So breathwork, the idea behind breathwork is to reestablish a better carbon dioxide balance or ability to absorb more carbon dioxide in your body or tolerate is the better word, right? So as you get more CO2, if you can tolerate those higher levels, it actually increases blood flow. So if you can have better blood flow with more CO2, but not feel overwhelmed, then your body's going to operate really optimally. That should be part of a personal training mm -hmm. certification. Like, that's so important. You know, I don't think... And also, after having a baby, I realized how important it is to breathe into your diaphragm. And that's not taught either at all. Like, there's not enough knowledge out there for women, especially um, after having a baby, how to recover using your diaphragm. But just, I mean, the system needs to change, you know? For sure. There's <laughs> there an organization called BirthFit. It's really cool. And it's all about the diaphragm. So I agree there needs to be more um, education available for people to see, but there are people that are taking the effort to try to, to create that information for people. Awesome. Yeah. So on and all, you know, we talked about this um, nervous system and, you know, how I could relax. What other benefits can people experience from breath work? There's also the spiritual benefit too, right? We were just talking about that before we got on the podcast that, Breathwork can activate a lot of energy internally. And so you could elicit all sorts of powerful psychedelic drugs from breathwork. Wim likes to say that you already have the medicine cabinet in your head. It's just a matter of knowing how to access the medicine. So through the breathing rhythms and, and changes in pattern, you can actually bring those chemicals out. And then that's where you get these spiritual experiences. So by practicing breathwork, you could actually tune into your mindset, tune into your spirituality, and really dive into that. And that can be very beneficial for a lot of people. For sure. I felt that before. Yeah. What else besides spirituality? Um, simple things like lowers heart rate, lowers blood pressure. Um, in the moment of doing the breath work, it can boost the blood pressure. But the idea is long-term conditioning of the circulatory system will create lower blood pressure. And I think it's really cool. For me, I do a lot of breath work. So I can actually put on a heart rate monitor 
And now with my mind, I can be like, slow down your, your heart rate, slow down your heart rate. And the next thing you know, my heart rate just starts crashing down. And it's just with my mind. I'm not actually changing my breath. I'm just setting the intention that this is what I would like to have happen. So I think that's a practice skill that the more you do it, the more you can feel what it means to calm down. And that's really, I think, a powerful thing. That's too. really cool. It is, it is really cool because, you know, like if you get scared or you get anxious or, you know, to have that power to be able to like calm yourself down, it's really cool. Yeah. Or what if you're like in a dangerous situation, mm-hmm. you know, well, like in jujitsu, because you do, you are a jujitsu practitioner. So when you're in competition, that gives you, I'm sure, a huge upper hand that you're able to kind of bring yourself into a relaxed state so that you can focus on the match, right? Yeah. And what's really fascinating is people look at me during practice and they're like, are you breathing? <laughs> they literally, they're like, are you breathing? Because I don't hear you breathing. And as a master breath worker, that's a real like sign of what um what you're building is like this ability to not sound like you're always breathing and having a slow quiet breath and so in practice yeah i have a huge advantage on people and i can hear if they're mouth breathing they're very loud they're panting (sighs) and that to me is someone that's out of conditioning like i know that that person's tired that's like exhaustion yeah <laughs> it's a sign of exhaustion <laughs> exactly so they're exhausted and i know that they're they don't have much more gas in the tank so it makes a huge difference to be a breath practicer or practitioner while playing competitive sports i uh, when i did competition for jujitsu I've, I've only done it twice but i was in the miami open and it was like the finals match and i remember she caught me like in a very tight bow and arrow and i was laying there thinking oh second place isn't that bad considering like what i went through that morning i wasn't even supposed to be in that weight class that was like the weight class above i hadn't eaten like got my period that morning it was all just cards were stacked against me so i was laying there thinking like oh second place is great you know um, and then I started breathing. I remember it, it literally slowed down time. I remember the lights got brighter and I, I'm pretty sure I slowed down time. And I remember thinking like, okay, it's fine. I'm okay with it. Next thing you know, I got out of the bow and arrow and I won. And I really looking back now, it was, it was all about the breathing. It was all about slowing down and not getting overwhelmed with the fact that, oh shit, I'm getting choked. I'm getting choked out. Like she had it really tight. Um, so yeah, I, I think that breath work definitely gives you inability so aside from Wim Hof what are some other techniques of breath work or would you say that breath work is only Wim Hof no definitely not only Wim Hof Wim Hof style of breathing is called like hyperventilation breathing so it's a very high rhythm of frequency of just in and out in and out in and out there's another organization called oxygen advantage Mm -hmm. and oxygen advantage is about the total opposite it's about slow breathing and they call it LSD breathing light slow and deep and so if you can go really light gentle slow and then deep into the diaphragm you're gonna make a breath that you can't even hear it's you're literally supposed to not hear the air passing through the nostrils okay and then that's gonna force you to be slow and then if you're being conscious and slow about it the chances are it's going to be deep with the diaphragm into the pelvic floor So the idea behind the LSD breathing is that it forces the CO2 levels to increase in the blood. That creates the blood flow, better vasodilation, and that's really how you feed your cells, is having high blood flow and lots of oxygen. There's this scientific stuff that goes into hemoglobin, which is the red blood cells that carry the oxygen in our our circulatory system if there's not enough co2 present within the blood the oxygen on top of the hemoglobin isn't able to unbind and go inside the cells so if you do wim hof breathing there's an argument that when you blow off enough co2 the oxygen on the hemoglobin is unable to unbind meaning that you can't get the oxygen so then those cells near that area are suffering from a lack of oxygen Mm. So it's this hypoxia of low oxygen in the body that the Wim Hof method elicits, but then oxygen advantage does the complete opposite. And there's arguments as like, which one's better for you? My thoughts are you would do LSD breathing throughout the day, all the time. You know, you want to be light, slow, and deep. And then if you're trying to elicit a spiritual experience, or you're trying to build a lot of stress, or you're trying to get into an ice bath, 
then you would do the total opposite hyperventilation Wim Hof style breathing. So both are good. Both are good with a very specific intention. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you teach the LSD? I do. Yeah. I do. So I actually have a deep, like a, I call it the breathwork intensive course that I'm still developing, but it's pretty much a course for beginners to advanced practitioners that want to learn everything about breathwork. I'm in. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've mentioned Wim Hof and breathing. So anybody that knows who he is or have looked him up, he's the Iceman. So that's something else that you incorporate in your training and in your practice is cold water therapy, which I I take cold showers. I take just two minute cold showers, but you know, the water in Miami is not the same as like, for example, I just got back from North Carolina and doing my cold shower there is not the same. So I've never done an ice bath, which is something that I'm really interested in doing. I know that you do those. So can we talk a little bit about the benefits of cold water therapy and all that? For sure. The, the ice baths are an intense experience. They immediately put the body into a fight or flight experience and that releases adrenaline into the blood. The adrenaline is actually the, the result we're looking for from cold exposure. We want to release the adrenaline because that is anti-inflammatory. So the cold affects the blood. It's uh, vasoconstrictive, so it pushes blood into the core. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. It messes with the different inflammation markers. But then adrenaline also affects those markers as well. So this coming Saturday, I'm doing a nice bath at the Flow State Studios where I teach. And um, 8.30 a.m. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Yeah, so the the ice is also used for the de-escalation training. You know, when you get into the ice, your body is freaking out with stress. And so if you can mentally deal with that, that's the real training that's going on too. Not just cardiovascular training and circulatory training, but also the mental training. How long do you keep people in that ice bath with breath work? We're doing two minutes. Two minutes? Yeah, okay. that's called the minimum effective dosage. Mm -hmm. so two to five, right? Yeah. 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 Depending on how cold it is. Um, mostly, most people can go longer, <clears throat> but then you're, you're potentially ruining the benefits. So it's a minimum effective dosage to get what you need. Yeah, I've heard of that. Like, you don't have to go, like, hard and do, like, <clears throat> ten minutes or something like that. Like, you get maximum benefits, like, no more than five minutes. How important is the sun component when you're doing the cold therapy? The sun? Um, well, in Miami, we have an artificial experience. Like, mm -hmm. you're just not going to get ice water in Miami. Mm -hmm. So when you get out and you're in the sun here and it's 89, 90, it's totally artificial, right? You wouldn't have an ice bath where it's that warm. Oh. And it feels great. Like, I think it's honestly one of the best feelings in the world to do an ice bath in Miami and then get out in the summer sun and then just lay there. Melt away. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good feeling. So. Um, so I also wanted to mention that the ice bath can also be a spiritual experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure it could be spiritual, but it's really, I think, for people, what's the spiritual uplifting part is the fear of the cold. Mm. and removing that fear so a lot of people like just the way they were raised i had a lady from south america that was like was taught as a child that the cold was bad and when it gets cold she needs to wrap up with blankets and that it's going to make her sick and that it's just a uh, association of a negative thing with the cold so when i was telling her the benefits of the cold you know she knew mentally okay these are good for me i, I can do this but she still had had this underlying fear and when she got done with the ice bath she started screaming and crying because she felt this relief wow. of this fear she had this that programming. she yeah, mm -hmm. wow. that she didn't need yeah and so that was the real spiritual like gift was mm -hmm. her to release that fear of the cold and then become educated about how the cold could be beneficial for her that's amazing that's cool that's really cool literally cool when I did the, when I did an ice bath on the same retreat in Mexico, I just felt like immense gratitude. I was at like an, a feeling of gratitude that I don't feel on a daily basis, and um, it was really nice. So that's why I said it could also be a spiritual experience because for me it was it was just immense feeling of appreciation for my body that I was able to do it, for my mind that I was able to overcome, for my breath that got me through it. 
even though my feet felt like they were going to fall off I don't know but once I got past like that minute then my feet were finally able to like settle into the ice and it was it was interesting mm. I would do it with you if yeah. you want to do it yeah yeah I'm down I really want to try it like because my cold shower like I said here in Miami like the water I, I'm from New York so I know what cold water really feels like and it's not the same it's not the same and even though it's not as cold as you know up north I still feel some benefit, which is why I do it. Like I feel more clarity. I feel more energized. I feel much better just doing the two minutes, you know, with the semi-cold Miami water. Yeah, it's a lot colder than the hot water. Correct. So that in itself is the challenge because yeah. you enjoy the hot water and you're like, no, I like my skin's red and I'm tan. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I love the hot water. I love hot water. But um, but yeah, that's something that really, really like. I want to get one of those cold plunge. Tubs, tubs. For yeah, because sure. you could control the temperature, so you could slowly. You yeah, know. you don't have to make it brutal. Correct. So that's on my my vision board to get at some point. Nice. Yeah, I I really want to integrate that because I want to take it to the next level. I know how good for mental clarity it is too. So you know, I do have ADHD, and I try to do everything I can to help me mentally without having to take out all. Right. right. And I know that that's one thing that really does help me. So, yeah, cold plunges and sauna. To me, mm -hmm. that's what I want to have in my, my personal fitness. You're going to have. That's how we talk around here. Wait, you're going to oh, uh, have. Yeah, for sure. Gonna have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, going back to, to the breath work, we got a question from someone and they wanted to know how important is breathing during sex? Breathing during sex is. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the most important parts of sex. Mm -hmm. Connecting with your partner as you're in that intimate um, sex, the breath is really an expression of how you're feeling, right? So if you're feeling ecstatic, you're feeling orgasmic, like your breath will express that moment. And if you're holding that back, I think that's where there can be some limitations in the sexual experience. I think that by fully expressing how you're feeling is really going to develop that experience and develop the relationship with your, your partner mm -hmm. and allow you to feel way more intimate and connected by sharing the breath and then expressing through the breath. I think that's, that's the real, real key is the expression of how you're feeling through your breath and not feeling embarrassed while you do that. And being completely comfortable. And there's practices like Tantra where you share the breath together and and there's breath work involved in this practice to make you feel more connected with your partner which i think is great it's very important yeah so i think the breath component for sex is so important and undervalued and specifically coming from a man i think most men are probably feeling restricted in that they wouldn't really know how to express themselves so i think um, putting some intention to that would be beneficial so practicing breath work can reflect into many different areas of what we do on a daily basis. Definitely. For women as well, because women, we suppress our own voice. You know, we, we suppress whatever needs to come up. So during sex, it would be very important to use the breath work to allow it to come to surface and no longer suppress, which can cause a lot of other imbalance in our body as well. Right, and feeling safe to do that, you know, creating that intimate safety yeah to, that's to a whole nother to topic yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic but yes definitely um breath work can be part of that yeah, well. it can be a starting place again and maybe not in an intimate situation with your partner but just practicing breath work with your partner and then letting that movement into the bedroom good advice yes foreplay breath work <laughs> <laughs> all right ben what is a recommended morning routine for an individual starting this type of lifestyle Great question. So on Thursdays, I have a class called the morning wake up. What time? It's at seven. And it goes seven to eight a.m. That's it's, your time. <laughs> I'm a, a, what is it? It's the right generator, my generator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the early bird gets the worm. Yes. So um, I think starting your morning with breath work is super important. Just laying down, doing fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of breath work. And then finding a physical routine that you like to do as far as like stretching, uh, foam rolling, uh, myofascial release, anything that's going to let your body and mind move a little bit. And then if depending on your schedule, if you can get sunlight into it, that would be awesome as well to 
um, connect the circadian rhythm of your hormonal system to the sunlight. You know, our body has all these receptors on it that are associated with light. And we have a lot of artificial light in our lives that we use at nighttime and that can disrupt our, our circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so tapping into the sunrise uh, magnetically and energetically like brings you into what we should be doing. Like our primal state. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I would recommend sunlight and, you know, waking up with the sunrise, breath work and movement and then getting into your day. So it just makes me so happy just thinking about it like <laughs> when I wake up and the sun's not even out and then I'm done like doing whatever and then like I'm working out or I'm doing yoga I'm journaling and then the sun's slowly coming out it's I it love seems, it it just you. yeah sets the tone for my day big time so how has breath work and cold water therapy influenced your life it's been life-changing when I found Wim Hof and I was fearful of the cold. So I grew up in Miami. And uh, if you're from Miami, you don't like the cold. <laughs> and that realization that Wim could do these cold feats of strength made me realize that I had way more potential in my own life. And that's really what changed my life the most. Was I, th I had this fear that the cold was bad, that you couldn't... Uh, be in the cold for a long time and then when I saw this guy doing I'm like wow I'm such a softy <laughs> I have way more potential as a as an athlete you know as someone that's competitive with their body that I wanted to push myself in a new way and so the cold was that that tool for me to push and and find out what I really had as a potential and then the breathwork obviously goes with that and the two of them together just have changed my life to just be less stressed, less anxiety, um, more relaxed. Uh, that's, that's really been the biggest changes for me is just being able to process stress better. Because when you're in the cold, it's stressful. So if you do that every day, you get your maximal stress dose. So I, th I think this is really fascinating. When you get into the cold, your body thinks it's going to die. It doesn't really know like, oh, maybe I'm not going to die this time. It just thinks you're going to die if you're in here long enough. So it gives you this signal to not be in the cold and that like, hey, if you continue this, you're going to die. So it gives you that maximal death stress signal. And there's only a few things in this world that actually give you that level of a fearful death mimicking experience. And um, that I think is really the, wor the real work. Is that like you were, it would be a, a really dumb idea to try to like get in close call accidents and stuff like that. So you're like, whoa, that I just risked I just risked my life again so I could practice de-escalating <laughs> from this. Fight or flight. Yeah, like <laughs> let's get it. Um, so you could do that safely with a nice bath, and then you bring your 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 adrenaline levels to that highest possible level, and then you just de-escalate. But, like, you can't do that in, in road rage in Miami. Like, yeah, no. you can get pretty upset, but it's just <laughs> no, not chemically. It's not, it's not healthy. <laughs> right. Do not recommend. Doing the Wim Hof Method has been so life-changing because it has allowed me to process stress management better. And that's really been the most impactful thing is for me, knowing that when I get in a stressful experience, I know how to calm myself, tune into my breath, and just remain calm. How often do you do these ice baths, like, you know, facilitating them for other people? Right now, it's every other week where I'm trying to figure out the best routine. I travel on the weekends, so mm -hmm. it's been a little difficult. But right now, it's every other week. All right, Ben. What is Goda? Goda. Greatest of all time actions or mm -hmm. greatest of all time athletes. Goda was developed to help people get out of pain. The creator was someone suffering from extreme back pain and was in the position of having to maybe get surgery. And he really didn't want to have to get surgery because most people that get back surgery are not happy with their back surgeries. They just end up deteriorating their joints even further and they're just not happy. So this guy, Gil, Coach Gil, um, realized through slow motion video that he saw different patterns of movement in Michael Jordan. Because um, Michael Jordan is a great athlete and he doesn't really get hurt. So he was looking at his uh, mechanics of how he walked. 
And then he somehow saw a video of tribes people walking and he slowed down both videos and he realized that like Michael Jordan would move his bones like these tribes people. Um, this was like in 2015, 16 when the iPads started coming out for commercial use. And so we, as like normal people, we didn't have access to slow motion technology. Mm-hmm. That was like safe for the professional teams that could go back through their, their film of the NFL players and be like, all right, what was happening in slow-mo? Let's see it. But no one was really using it to like analyze the mechanics of how these knees were moving. And so um, Coach Gill came up with a really great idea. He slowed down video on babies elderly that are still performing in track and field events and setting records at like 93 and then professional athletes that don't get hurt because there's a lot of professional athletes that perform at high levels but they get hurt and then he looked at tribes people tribes like yeah indigenous indigenous tribes people (laughs) yeah it's super cool because um they have no influence from modern society they don't sit in chairs they don't have shoes they don't have cars they're just jungle people. Mm-hmm. And so they move more likely how a human body should move. Right. So they're kind of like the foundation of the film, and like analyzing the film of them. And then that pattern that we call the global pattern of Gota is shown in other age groups and races. So it's not like to a specific color or age. It's just like if you're a human... This is how you move. Now, what happens is with our modern society, we learn how to put weight in our feet differently than what the Native Americans or the tribal indigenous people are doing. Okay, what I mean by that is in our current fitness world, we do a lot of weight lifting. And go to, we call that the lifting engine. So like the software that you have to use to engage the bones in your body to lift up an, o- an object requires a, a rotational aspect of the bones. Lifting is for reverse. So like if I pick up this barbell, the way my feet go to push into the ground to lift the object is actually reverse. So if I midway through the lift let go of the bar, I'll fall backwards. And that's just reverse direction, okay? Besides those lifts, everything we're doing is walking or running forward. So these indigenous people, they'll use the outside edge of their foot to walk forward, and that will allow their bones to rotate in a resulting way. When you lift, that's the complete opposite. And so what's happening with our modern fitness industry is that we're overdoing our lifting pattern, which is our reverse pattern, And our brain is starting to rewire our software system to implement reverse movement technology for forward movement. And that's going to create a deterioration of the joints because Mm -hmm. the joints aren't designed to move backwards, forwards. And so that's based on pushing through the big toe. So if if you're lifting, you want to use your big toe to really drive that floor so that you can go backwards with the weight and get the object off the ground. But in forward movement, you don't actually want to use your big toe. You want to use your outside fourth and fifth toe. And we call it a, the green dot in Gota. So if you start putting your weight there, you'll notice your inside angle bones start to come up. And that allows the tibia above the, the foot to swivel better. What happens is as you push through your big toe, your your arches start to collapse and you get flat feet. So if you look at certain lifters, you'll notice that they have really flat feet. And that's because they keep pushing through their big toe and that smashes down the arch. But our foots are designed to have strong arches, which allows the, the energy to slope down the arch and go out to the outside edge. So um, Gota is really just a program for looking at people with slow motion and determining whether or not they're walking forward, forward, or if they're walking forward, backwards. That's very interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 going to change the entire fitness industry. Because so it's a form of corrective exercise mm-hmm. with a different philosophy, basically. Yep. Yeah. Cool. We call it the, the blueprint. Like, everyone has the wrong map. Like, they're not realizing that if you change the weight distribution on your foot, how that can really affect the mechanics up the chain. 
And most people, what we call, is it's called a WOTA. And so worst of all time action. <laughs> and then we have a GOTA, greatest of all time action. So like, if you are someone that runs with your mechanics reverse, we call that WOTA. Because it's not how an indigenous tribes person works or Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or Ed Reed, all these elite athletes do the exact same pattern. So for me, I looked at my slow motion and I was doing the wrong pattern. I was working forwards backwards and I had lower back pain. Um, when I started weightlifting at age 12, um, when I was 24, so almost 12 years of training, I started having like extreme lower back pain. And it was so confusing to me because I was like 215, yoked, lots of muscle, lots of abdominal definition, like looking ripped. But then I had lower back pain and it was like, how can I look so fit but feel so broken? And then that was like this whole journey that I've been on myself to fix myself because I never was in an accident. I never had like a moment of an injury that would have led to me feeling, oh, I got back pain because I got hit by a car. No, I just had a development of this lower back pain that I didn't know why it started until I started looking into videos and I thought it was associated with my techniques of lifting. Oh, I'm not doing this warm up correctly to get my hips warmed up or my joints warmed up in the hips. And so it was maybe the techniques I was using. But um, what I believe was happening now that I found Goda in 2019 was that I was using overusing the lifting engine and actually developing what we call front chain dominance when you're going to push a sled, you have your butt back behind your rib cage so that you can use your legs to drive it forward. That's called back chain. You're using your butt, your glutes, your legs to drive something forward. And that you need to be in back chain to really be good at that. If you took your hips and you tucked them forward underneath you and you start to push, it's going to look awkward. Mm -hmm. It's actually not going to really drive the weight forward. So most people get stuck in what's called front chain dominance. They're, they're just stuck with their hips forward. And unfortunately, doing kettlebell thrusts, doing deadlifts, drives that hip forward so that you can push the weight backwards and up. And then doing that pattern over and over and over again creates that forward dominant position that creates compression on the lumbar and on the discs and then can create pain. So GOTA gives you a really like clean, simple map on how to look at the mechanics of your body and be like, are you front chain dominant? Yes or no? Yes. Are your inside ankle bones high or low? No, they're low. Okay. Um, are your feet turned out? Yes. Okay. Those three questions right there, if you focus on correcting those three postural positioning all the time, you'll feel so much better. And that's at least my story, but that's like everyone's story in Goda is that once they look at them, honestly look at themselves through the video, that's when they can heal themselves. But what I've learned as now a new go-to coach is a lot of these old ways of training, people don't want to really let it go. Mm. And then they, they think that the reason they have this pain is because they're doing something wrong in the techniques that they're doing. Or I don't know, maybe it's part, they think, they think it's just part of the process. Part of the training process yeah. <clears throat> this guy just posted a video. He's getting on the bench press and he's all excited about it. He's like, yeah, six months ago, I tore my pec doing 300 pounds on the bench and now I'm back at it again. And I'm thinking like, dude, didn't you get the memo when you tore your pec? <laughs> like this, this bench pressing. Maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> it's, it's like, what's the point? What's the point? Like, I don't get it. So, like, that was a huge um, awakening for me is, like, reflecting back on what I'm doing personally and whether or not those movements contribute to the indigenous tribes' movements. You know, like, are they – we are really trying to break it down, like, anthropologically where it's, like, do indigenous people go around picking up barbells and putting them down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down? No. So then why are we? Why are we? And it's like, yeah, maybe they go and hunt a deer and they kill it. And then they need to lift that like one time onto their shoulder and then carry it one time to the, to the tribe and then throw it down. But they're not like, all right, 135, let's get it. <laughs> Throwing it up and down. Like it just doesn't equate with our natural patterns. And um, 
Yeah, a lot of people throw a lot of heat on Goda right now, but Goda's just trying to help people feel better. Right. And and it's just like it's pretty strict with what they expect out of people. Like if you're using your lifting engine, then you're practicing reverse movement and that's not forward movement. Now, if your sport is CrossFit and your sport is powerlifting and that's your choice and you you enjoy those activities, then you just have to be conscious that those activities could be what causes your lower back pain, could be causing de- joint deterioration. That's fine. If that's what you want to do for enjoyment, that's cool. But you need to do extra go-to-work afterwards to combat that software programming that you're, you're doing. Well, that's very interesting. That's, that kind of reminds me of like Mark Sisson. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is. He's, um, he's the creator of like the Primal Blueprint. Um, diet and all the primal kitchen stuff and when I started my journey with like really started my journey with my health he was that go-to person that I learned so much from with my with my diet and everything and he talks about that because he used to be um, an extreme like runner like running all these races long distance and how it literally destroyed his knees and how he you can't pay him to <laughs> to do any of that anymore but one of the principles in his blueprint and primal blueprint is that that you know before we would do sprinting because we were running away from a cheetah you know now we're like sprinting a lot more than we should and that's not good on the body or lifting we shouldn't you don't need to work out like every single day at you know high intensity like it's just not good for you and you could get better results you know scaling it back and when it comes to that like what you're talking i feel like people have a hard time like releasing it's a lot of letting go of the ego Right. Because it's you think that you need to go big or go home all the time in order to be this person. Right. So it's like maybe take a look at, you know, where you're at. Is it, you know, your ego that maybe you need to let go of a little bit and do what really is going to heal you? Like, do you want to heal or do you want to just continue feeling like shit all the time? Right. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. I had never heard of um, Goda before and I'm, I'm interested in getting recorded in slow motion the key is 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 the assessment right Mm -hmm. it's just looking at yourself on slow motion and then being like okay yeah when i walk my heels come in that's not right okay when i walk my heels go out that's right okay Mm -hmm. so for me i've been doing this for the last year and it's like i have so many patterns of old lifting in my body Mm -hmm. that i feel the struggle of like my body wanting to literally let go of patterns that don't serve it with this reverse technology and then implementing forward driven technology and my body feels amazing 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 um and I don't have back pain anymore. That's, that's that was really what that's a that's sold a gift. Me. That's so a one gift. year you've combat the, the yeah the back, back pain. pain went even quicker. It was like within six months the back pain was already like gone, and then it's like things like laying on the couch when you're like just chilling and you're like get done from laying on the couch and you're like oh my back's a little achy. I've been laying on the couch a little bit too long in this poor posture. Right. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Awesome. Which is like that was really like a big, a big thing huge. that like. You know, you're just chilling or you're working, picking stuff up and then you're like on your back and you're like, oh man, my back's achy right now. Like, let me move around mm-hmm. and get that achiness out and that's fine, mm-hmm. right? But like, that's not normal. I think you shouldn't have to shake it out. <laughs> no, 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 you shouldn't. And so, um, Goda has really like reversed it and I feel like it's just going to totally not allow it to come back. I'm interested in that because even I have a, a similar experience when I first started running. I was running with like nike freeze because they're called running shoes and i had the worst shin splints like ever and i'm like i had already signed up for a half marathon at this point and i'm like how the fuck am i going to do this if i can even run a mile without being in pain and i got fitted for shoes and they do that they record how you run to see how your foot lands and depending if you know you're pro pronating or not they suggest what shoes to get were you heel slamming i am i'm actually um a neutral runner so i could get any running shoes so thank god for that but nike freeze are not like running shoes they're really not they're too flat and the minute i started running with proper running shoes i never get shin splints ever ever again it's yeah. amazing <clears throat> it's amazing so i could see how that relates to what you do and i want to know what else i don't i want to not have any pain anywhere i want to feel great exactly. all the time <laughs> yeah we and that's our birthright that's yes. a big thing with goda is explaining that this this is our birthright mm-hmm. 
And it gets even crazier with Goda because if we look at other animals, like you got a new puppy, if we slow mode your puppy on video, we could actually see some of the same movement patterns that we have in our animal species as a human. So it's across other animal species that they use the same forward locomotion technology. And that's where this Goda thing really starts blowing people's minds because when you literally see an eagle walking and he's using the same techniques or a duck or a deer or an elephant or you know it just the list goes on of all the different animals that use the same rotational mechanics with their legs it blows your mind you're like okay and that's what we call the fractals like right in nature you have the go to media or the the fibonacci right which is the sequence of these vortex is circular patterns and this Fibonacci pattern exists in everything right it's these vortexes of energy and yeah that's God's pattern like I was just having this argument with someone not an argument but a discussion with someone from functional patterns it's called FP I've seen that guy on Instagram yeah so his name's Nadi Aguilar he's a very interesting person uh, We've had our own personal differences about things, but he's an innovator, not to say the least. He's, he's innovating fitness. He's trying to take more rotational movements and put that into uh, fitness versus like conventional uh, barbell and bench pressing and stuff like that. So he's had great innovations for the fitness industry. However, his persona and attitude and ego, I think, really deters people from him. Unfortunately, because if he had a much better presentation, I think he would be a lot further along. Um, so one of his coaches here in Miami, he reached out to me because some of the Goda coaches study film of Natty Aguilar and look at how the instructor of this entire organization moves. And then is like, yeah, look, this is where he was five years ago. And this is where he is five years after doing his programming. So and good. he's not as good as he looked in the past. So then you're like, all right, this is video evidence. Like, this isn't someone's opinion. Like, oh, yeah, now he looks like he doesn't run as well as he used to. No, you can look at the video yourself and be like, oh, crap, this is him five years ago. This is him now. Which one looks better? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, and so his coach hit me up, Antoine, good dude. And he's like, oh, where's all the video evidence of what Goda is doing with their clients? And I'm like, dude, every assessment is done with video. So like either the body's moving more like a Goda or less like a Goda. And it's in the video. Like, I don't care what you want, what photos you want of people. If their bones rotate better on video, that's all we need to know. And then they say they feel better. So he sent me this photo of someone with scoliosis, distorted, and he corrected him and wanted to tell me like, oh, did you, you don't even know how many different nuances I had to do to get him to do that. And then go to, it's like, dude, just look at the, the positions of this indigenous tribe person. Put that person in those positions and watch how their body starts to remember that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like trying to overcomplicate things. Because that, that's all I said to him. I was like, listen, dude, you don't understand Goto. Because Goto is a, a nature pattern. This is based on how we observe things in nature. So I said, look at different species first. Then look at the different ages. And then look at different races. It doesn't matter. This pattern exists across all of that. It's not someone thinking that they know how to position the body and try this and try that. That's someone's decision to do that. That's not based on nature. So to me, that's where I stand on this argument of like, look, does it look like the animals moving? Does it look like the indigenous tribe people are moving? No. Then how are you going to argue that that's natural? And if it's not like that, then whatever. Like, I don't, I mean... To each their own, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's just looking honestly at yourself on video and being like, "Yeah, I noticed that that doesn't look like the correct way. What steps should I take to then correct it?" And that's what Goto is. It's the system of how to look at yourself and then taking pretty simple steps on how to fix that. It's so simple that I'm sure people are like, "My like, no, it needs yeah. to be more complicated." This right? Ex exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the water coaches. We call those the water coaches mm -hmm. because they 
won't let go of their woda ways mm-hmm. and we're just like yo just just let it go <laughs> let it go keep it simple so how do we get an assessment um great question just we'll we'll link up and i can film you with my iphone thank god for iphones mm-hmm. and then i have software that slows it down even more and then i just scroll through the assessment and yeah just you and i will sit there we'll look at the same screen together i with my remote clients i do it through zoom do a zoom screen share and yeah i just look at you and i'm like look when you're moving like that that's because you're on your big toe when you're moving like this that's because you're out on your outside edge cool yeah so moving forward we should be on the outside edge yeah so right last toe and yeah second to last fourth toe. and fifth toe right there's a bone right above the like the ball of that area and it's, we call that the green dot so the green dots of both feet um if you pressurize that that standing in the you know in the grocery line you should be on those outside edges walking you should try to be on that so not leaning to one side <laughs> i know i do that a lot when i get lazy i'm like oh no i mean there's nothing wrong with leaning on a one side but just the actual pressure point of your foot like oh, the like, base oh. that literally the bottom okay is where you should put the weight on that outside edge and then lifting should be yeah lifting is like inside angle bones high but it's hard right because when you push a weight you want to drive big toe so it's like literally forcing your ankles to go low by lifting a weight so goto actually has these slant boards that put your ankles on a slant so that the inside angle bones high and that the weight that you feel in your feet is distributed outward onto wow. the edge okay so, so yeah like if you're gonna do lifts you know you're gonna lift on these slant boards but um, a lot of lifts that we do in Gota are above the waist. So it's more like using the landmine, like barbell, and pressing the, alarm, the barbell to get that strength training effect and driving through the legs, but just not using a lift. It's okay. more more about pushing. So it's we, not pulls. Yeah, we say move weight. Okay. Don't lift weight, move weight. Move weight. I like that. I like that too. Yeah, the Gota has been awesome. Um, I, I really am liking the community. A lot of the coaches have already done the same thing I've done, which is research other programs. It seems like everyone's leaving the other camps and then migrating to the GoTo camp. I have not met someone that went to GoTo and went back out of GoTo. So that's where I really think GoTo is the, like, the new leading technology for changing the fitness industry because people that have already tested what is else in the industry, like the WEC method, functional patterns, um dns even is another one um these schools of thought people are leaving them to go to goto and that's it like no one in these under other industries are talking about the ankle and foot complex like goto and i really honestly believe that's the difference everything starts there in the feet right yeah that's how we connect to the floor right Mm -hmm. so if you're it just makes sense if you're not putting your weight properly on your bones of your feet that's going to affect everything up the chain. Mm-hmm. Makes, sense. Makes and, sense. And I think people don't realize like how messed up we really are. I'm an athlete. I've been training. Like I feel like I take care of my body. But even in my recode, like my, my bones were doing things that I was surprised they were doing. And, you know, the thing is you try to cheat the assessment. You're like, all right, I got to put my feet <laughs> like this. I got to squat deep squat. like this. And it's like, it doesn't matter. The slow-mo will pick it up. That's really cool. <clears throat> I would love to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're not happy with how you feel, you know, that's really just reflecting on how you, you look mechanically. And then being like, all right, well, maybe that's why I feel this way because I'm not moving how I think I should be moving. I can see why that's hard for a lot of people to admit to that, right? Like deprogram like, too. Oh, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. You know, yeah. it's hard for a lot of people to accept that. It's a total sure. shift. Yeah. It's a total mm-hmm. shift of like old patterns that you look at people and you're like, they're like, hey, let's go to the gym. Let's go lift. Let's go do this. And you're like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Like my back feels so good right now. Like, <laughs> why do I want to do that? <laughs> and um, I've also had people argue with me like, well, how do you know when you load the foot? That's what happens. You know, like that's been the the, the rebuttal to me. Is they're like, oh, when my heel's flipping like that, how do you know that's bad for me? I'm like, well, do you feel good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you like, pain? do you have pain or like, you know? So, people just need to literally try it for themselves and then determine if they enjoy how that feels. Because most people just argue, and I'm like, no, dude, until you try it, because you couldn't convince me otherwise. Now, 
Like you really couldn't because I have done all the other approaches and now I'm trying a new approach and so far my back pain is gone and I feel so much more athletic. I feel strong. And so people, you know, want to tell me like, how do you know that's the right way? I'm like, dude, just, just, just try it. You yeah. know, like if you got f- people who are like, oh, I have flat feet for life. I'm like, who said that? Oh, the doctor told me I have flat feet for life. I'm like, you can train the arch back. You can literally fix your feet with arches. But you just have to make that the program. Like, okay, yeah, I want to make my feet have arches again. Right. You will. But if you're like a believer, self-limiting, like, yeah, I'll never have arched feet because my doctor told me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you You never will. <laughs> you never will. <laughs> That's the choice you make. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so our last question is, what keeps you going in regards to jujitsu? Uh, I want to get my black belt. Mm. And right now I'm a blue belt. I'm on the verge of getting my purple belt. It goes white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. So I'm I'm three belts away. Hopefully soon it'll be two belts away or one belt away. But um, yeah, I love the way I feel when I train. Like when I'm actually in the role with a partner and we're just problem solving how to get the other guy. I find it like cat and mouse kind of game or tag your it. You know, it's like trying to roll with this guy and get the get the submission. And then they're fighting back and they're trying to get the submission. So I feel like it's just this exciting game of tag. And so I just go to jujitsu for play. You know, some people go for their job as an MMA fighter. Some people are in law enforcement. Some people are just uh, aggressive people and like <laughs> like to fight, I guess. But Why do you look at me, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> so I... Uh, I don't feel like I fall into those categories. I feel like I come to jiu-jitsu to play, but some people don't look at it like it's for play. You know, this is for sport or this is for fighting. This is for self-defense. This is for your life. And I agree with those values too, but I just find it fun for me to do those things. I don't have an intention to hurt people. So it's not how I go to practice to like learn how to break someone's arm. I just go to learn, have fun. And then on this journey, I've had so much um, confidence building. You know, I've never learned martial arts growing up. So uh, I didn't really know how to protect myself. And then starting jujitsu, I found out how I can protect myself. And then as I got better at jujitsu, I had people of much higher levels trying to attack me and I can defend myself. So then it builds even more confidence. Like, okay, well, I might not be able to hurt them or submit them, but at least I can know I can get out from them attacking me. Um, So what keeps me passionate about jujitsu is just the fun of it. And then now that I'm actually an instructor and I'm teaching my own beginners classes, the thrill of seeing other people learn and feel more confident is really what drives me like i have students that didn't even want to do jiu-jitsu almost talked himself out of it and then now he's lost 35 pounds and he's like 22 and he just feels so much more confident you can see it too in him as a person that that really drives me that's that that makes me feel really good i've never heard that perspective before so that's really cool thank you for sharing about it being fun that's cool yeah i mean it's a weird kind of fun right like i my other instructor, Marty, we, we tease about it. It's like, we got to be a special kind of person to want to come over here and choke each other for fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a rough, the rough, tough love, but it's fun for sure. All right. Awesome. Well, I, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much again for, you know, coming on here and sharing so much knowledge so much useful knowledge thank you so much thank you for having me of course for real and i'm really looking forward to starting my ice bath journey with you and my winhof in actual cold water yeah my assessment yeah (laughs) so many things so many things that are going to happen after this podcast time to level up some more (laughs) yes that's what we strive for around here so so let us know when you have breathwork classes, where they can find you and your Instagram handle. Cool. Uh, during the week, I have lots of things going on right now. Uh, Tuesday night at 7 p.m., I teach a breathwork class with uh, Michael Halley. He does the sound healing. It's at Flow State Studios, 7 to 8 p.m. 
And then Thursday morning, I have my morning wake-up class, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. It's a gentle breathwork class followed by gentle movement. Um, it's just designed to get the body feeling better for your day. And uh, we also have red light therapy in that class as well while you're breathing the red lights on your body. So the idea with that class is just to get you ready. And then on every other Saturday, we're doing cryo club. That is where we do breathwork for 30 minutes and then a nice bath after that. Um, you can find me at Flow State Studios. And then my Instagram handle is Ben Helton Plan. Ben Helton Plan. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. And remember, it's not always low light. <laughs> Bye. Bye.